providing real solutions for real business challenges. Welcome to FNF Unplugged, Season 4. Conversations with professionals across the country, exploring business topics and empowering personal growth in real estate, financial services, and the title insurance industry. Welcome to FNF Unplugged. This month, we are featuring a two-part series called The Ultimate Guide to Video Marketing Success. Yes, we can do an audio podcast on visual marketing techniques. Why not? I am joined by repeat guest and fan favorite, Wayne Stanley, CEO of Bow Digital. An additional little treat is not only are we recording this for our audio podcast of FNF Unplugged, but we will also post this in a visual format in our online educational platform that we fondly call LEAD which is Leadership Through Education, Advancement, and Personal Development, which will be available to all of our customers and our FNF staff on that platform. So Wayne, I am really happy to have you here today because you and I have talked about video marketing for a very long time, but all of a sudden now it's definitely kind of the bright, shiny object because people have time to really dive into video. So I'm excited for you to present to us today this ultimate guide to video marketing success. Thank you, Linda. I'm excited to be here again. I appreciate you and FNF for uh, always inviting me to do these topics for your agents and your broader audience too. So you're right. We have talked about, you and I specifically have talked about video marketing for a long time. And I feel like in the title space, at least, it's finally starting to happen. I wouldn't say that it's going viral by any stretch, but I would say that people are paying attention to it. And I think it's because, you know, right now we're forced to. We're in a look at me kind of market is how I'm trying to describe it. <laughs> I won't say down anymore, but we're in a, we'll take all the attention we can get. And so one of the best ways to get attention in your marketing in the modern era is definitely with video. And I know, I know, I know everybody's saying, I hate video. I don't understand it over my dead body, all these different things. I get it. I get it. But hopefully I'm going to give you plenty of tips and tricks today to think about video differently and start to wrap your arms around it so that you can utilize it in your organization. So I know that there's going to be a couple of parts to this. So make sure that you listen to both because there's going to be a lot of good information for content, tools, uh, how to get over things that you're afraid of and everything else in between. So we call it the ultimate guide for a reason. And hopefully you can take bits and pieces of this for your own operation or for customers in your life. So I think we'll just dive right into some of this. If that's okay with you, Linda. No, that sounds great. Let's launch. Cool. Well, I wanted to start with some statistics for everybody because I think that that helps sometimes to lay the the groundwork. I know you can find stats on anything. So stats are a little misleading sometimes because if we wanted to find all the ways that video is ineffective, I'm sure you could find some study where someone said that. However, there are some really good stats as a marketer that I wanted to share with you. And the first, I just wanted to say that 92% of people that are in a marketing role say that they get good ROI from video marketing. And that won't surprise you that over 90% of businesses use video for marketing. I joke a lot that that 9% of businesses that aren't using video for marketing may or may not be in the title industry. 
we haven't had to. That's not a ding to the industry or anything like that. It's just not been our customers at Bow Digital. We're a marketing firm, and there are lots of title companies that tell us every single week we've never had to market before, but now we do. And that's just because things have changed so much. I think that another one that really sits with me a lot when we think about this topic is that everybody wants to know, you know, what metrics should they use to determine their video success? And so, you know, there are some stats that you can look up from HubSpot on video success, but I think that the main ways that people use metrics for video are the number of views of the video and the audience engagement, which means, did they like the video? Did they comment on the video? Did they share the video? And then the rounding up the third would be leads. You know, did you get a referral, a lead, a prospect, anything like that from the videos that you sent? What's really crazy is that that's, you know, that's important to people, right? The metrics are important, but one in 10 of these businesses doing video marketing don't really track the ROI. So, you know, I tell folks all the time that if you're going to pick a metric, you've got to pick it and stick with it because it's not the end all be all to just look at views or shares. You've got to think about what's important to you and realize that a lot of people are still trying to figure out that world. And if you're still not sure about like, do people watch video and I don't watch video, I think that's a big mistake when people think about their marketing in general, uh, but especially video is they come from a perspective of what do I like, especially if you're somebody that's trying to convince management or leadership to make this type of change. It can be hard because people, we all, our perception is our reality. And so if we perceive that video isn't worth it, then that's their perception. You have to kind of fight through that. But in just, you know, a few years now, since 2018, the amount of videos watched weekly has doubled for people. So there's so much video being watched now that a lot of places don't even look at the amount of minutes. That used to be what we reported. People watch 120 minutes of video a week and that kind of thing. Now they're showing that people watch 19 videos a week. So if you think about that, that's more than two a day. Uh, that's almost three a day that people are watching. That doesn't really count the TikTok style videos. These are more traditional videos that are being sent through Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, that kind of thing. So, you know, it may not be you and it may not even be some on your team, but there's definitely people in your customer base that match that profile. Yeah, it's really hard to track those intangibles, right? In most businesses, let's face it, all of ours, metrics means dollars, it means revenue. So it's hard to track those intangibles like engagement. So right. I truly recommend looking at that perceived engagement on a monthly basis and writing it down and moralizing it because then it accumulates into a quarterly report and then a yearly report so that you can go back to management and say, look, our brand awareness went from nothing to these many views these many likes, these many followers, that is that ROI. Oh, I agree completely because that perceived awareness, that perceived success sometimes from the video marketing is hard to explain. And sometimes you do need that those anecdotal wins for some of this because you're not going to get 
a ton of views right away. You're not going to be an influencer right away. Like most things in marketing, especially in the real estate community and title specifically, a lot of people want to know, you know, bottom line, how much more business are we going to get per video that we do? They want this sort of math equation of if we do this, what, you know, what's X equal? And that's just not how most things in marketing work. I think video gives you the biggest chance for something like that, but you have to get going and get started and be consistent before you're going to be able to measure in that way. I get asked a lot too about the most used video channels. So I just kind of wanted to show, it won't surprise anybody that the most is YouTube. That's still king. That's going to be king for a very long time. YouTube is good. I, I tell folks a lot. Even if you don't do very many videos, you should have a YouTube channel. They are free. YouTube is owned by Google. Having a YouTube channel helps to uh, better your SEO results, your search engine optimization results. But if nothing else, it's a good place to house your videos. It's a good library, a good landing spot, especially if you're an organization with multiple offices, if you are like FNF and you've got sales folks all over the country that are using this kind of stuff, whatever it is, it, it can be a, if nothing else, an organizer for you, not a place to necessarily, sometimes people worry when I say that you need a YouTube channel, that you need to be an influencer and that you're going to start. Inevitably, when I do these presentations in person, somebody will come up to me afterwards and say, you know, my my son or my niece told me that I could make money off of my videos. And I always tell people, yes, YouTube might pay you for ads on your videos if they're popular enough, but you can't go from not doing video or even hating video to expecting people to watch enough of your videos to get paid for it. It takes lots and lots of that activity to happen. It is not out of the question. There are people that are hungry for real estate, closing, uh, mortgage finance, all that kind of education on a lot of these social platforms. Professional development, business efficiency tips, all of that kind of stuff is good video content. So I think it's entirely possible for you to get those kind of results, but I don't think it's what you should expect for, and I don't think it should be your why for starting. I think the surprising channel after YouTube for people is that LinkedIn is actually the second most used video channel now. It's exploding with video because LinkedIn is offering people the chance to go live now on their LinkedIn account. You can do stories on your LinkedIn account now, and all of that allows for video. LinkedIn has grown from, you know, sort of like a second-rate monster.com for job postings to being a real referral and professional development network. And so, like I said, it's videos that sometimes in title, especially, we try to do content that is title 101 all the time. And that's not necessarily what people want, especially if you think about that for most title companies, LinkedIn is your best resource for new investor and lender business. Think about the kind of content that those folks would want. They don't really care how you do your title search. They're not down in the weeds on that kind of stuff. They want other information that can be really good for video. Rounding up those channels is definitely Instagram, Facebook, webinars, and then TikTok. We're going to get into TikTok more in a little bit. But those are just some of the most used and, and some of the questions that I get most often of like, if we're trying to think about where to start, where does that make the most sense? 
So I want to kind of move into stories a little bit. I get asked a lot about stories. I know that stories can be video-based. They can also be static images. Stories are important. And if you're sitting here listening to this and you're thinking, I don't know what a story is, or if you're picturing like a little golden book or something, that's not what I'm talking about. I think that stories are really engaging. I don't think that the world thinks that. Stories are the most engaged with type of content on social media. They're very hard for people that have limited resources of time or finances to make it happen because most of the stories are hard to schedule. They're usually real time. And if you're still not quite sure what a story is, if you are active on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or Snapchat or just about any social media platform these days, those little circles at the top with like the really quick videos or static images, sometimes they might be polls, sometimes they might be hey, look where I am right now. And it's someone on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, you know, whatever it may be, those are stories and they're meant to be quick and easy. And I know there's some, there's an asterisk on all of this because um, some stories can be a lot longer now and you can save stories, but in general, they're meant to be quick and easy. They're meant to be time sensitive. They can be user generated or pre-planned. A lot of people with I call story envy, you know, that see stories and they're like, I just don't know how I would do stories in our organization. If you're using a site like Canva, which is a digital design studio that is just full of information, and I'll talk more about Canva later, but Canva has pre-designed stories. So if you were going to do a story of, maybe you're going to do a story series of in October of scary closing facts or scary things that delay a closing, or maybe you were going to do a story series. I had a brainstorm the other day with somebody and we came up with, um, and I love this, doing sort of like a, a look back at title tech and thinking about, you know, on, on one of the sessions recently, I was talking about how when I first started in 2007 on Capitol Hill, I didn't know how to use a fax machine. I had never used one. And we have a lot of that old tech in our title companies, which is really great stuff for stories. And I know, Linda, you were part of that when I was talking about the. Oh, yeah. We were talking about us realtors back in the day having that thermo paper where our contracts, when they were faxed to us, if you went into your hot car on a summer day, literally the ink from that <laughs> thermo paper would disappear. So were your contract. So that's always a good then and now kind of story. Exactly. And it's one of those things that people people relate with. They, you know, social media exists because people want to share their opinion. And again, even if that's not you, you know, people blow my mind uh, that get on there and say, hey, does anyone know? And then they'll ask something that you could Google. And I'm like, this is not what a decade ago social media was intended for, but this is what it's turned into. But people love to share their opinion. So if you let them do that or to share their life, you know, one of the most popular posts we do every year is national bring your dog to work day or whatever national version of that throughout the year, other people throw out, bring your dog to work day, showcase your dog, best dog every day whatever it is, anything with pets usually goes far. But you can use those Canva templates for the pre-planned stuff. And I'm gonna have a couple of examples I can talk about for you guys here in a second too of what some of those stories may include, but they can also be user-generated. So it can be having people submit, what's your home office look like? You know, what's your remote situation? Show us your neighbors, you know, to be kind of neighborly and 
play off of the real estate thing and kind of show the neighbors to the left or right of your business. We talk about this a lot with title companies that have been on their courthouse square for years, you know, do a story. We do a lot of, a lot of people do pizza wars or ice cream wars where they will just put up a story with a simple poll of, you know, here in where I live, it's Scoops or Cone Palace. And are you team Scoops or Cone Palace? Again, some title companies really freak out about that kind of content because they're like, that has nothing to do with our business. Correct. But it starts to train your audience to engage you. And that's what stories are great at. And so, yes, it's hard. It's hard for some owners, managers, and leadership to wrap their head around. So we're paying someone who has a college degree to do posts about ice cream parlors. Yeah, you are, because that's part of the marketing world these days. And whether you're paying someone internally or you're paying someone externally like us or whatever it is, that's how you can get the engagement and connect with customers more. Now, I've seen where some of these stories, as well as posts, are starting to get a little, I'll call outrageous in order to capture that engagement because we are using stories so much more and we are across multiple mediums. So it's so difficult to balance silly engagement versus professional engagement. In appropriate videos, possibly, or the perception of being inappropriate, versus business-like. So, you know, how do we balance those two, Wayne? You've got to talk to your team about what you find appropriate and not appropriate, especially if you're going to unleash anybody to do stories that represent your company. you got to have a little bit of a, I don't necessarily love the term policy, but you may need a little bit of a policy. And I'll give you an example. One of our industry friends really was pushing video for a while, and they were encouraging a lot of their sales reps out in the field to do video more. And all of a sudden, one day I get sent this video and the woman who I would have never really suspected to be this video style for her was in her hot tub in a bikini talking about title documents. I would not say that that's the best way to go about advertising your company. Yes, it was probably a highly engaged with story, but is that really, you know, you still, I think the balance for what you're talking about, Linda, is you want audience engagement. I know the industry often worries about using fear tactics too much, but I think we also don't want to be salacious and we don't want to create noise for ourselves. You want the, you want it to be engaging because of what you're saying, not because of what else is happening around you. So you have to balance that and think about what's important and what's, where the line is for your organization, I think. Yeah, conversations, transparency, communication. Yep. So there are some really uh, different types of story styles. And I think the most average kind of story example would be something that you see from a national brand like a Taco Bell or something like that, where they like show someone eating a chalupa. Or um, I know that I saw a story recently where they showed people that had Taco Bell branded uh, fingernails. And so that was an image on their story. They also have, they might share a story from a couple of guys who after a night out at the bar went to stop at Taco Bell before they went home and they said something funny. And so Taco Bell shared it to their story. That kind of stuff is probably the most average style story example as you see from bigger brands and sort of the easy low hanging fruit that you can share. And then I think, like I said, that pre-planned, pre-designed type story, whether it's a static image or a video is the stuff that you can do in Canva or the things that you can think about. And you see this a lot. I would encourage you, you know, if you see examples that have too much text, I think, you know, stay away from that because that's not great. But I think that thinking about, you know, first time home buyer tips, what people need to bring 
coming to closing, all the wire fraud stuff is the more generalized things. But I think anything that you can do that's community based, you know, a lot of title companies and real estate agents have local resources on their websites, you know, whether that's utilities or schools or things like that. Having that kind of information on your story is great. And it's good pre-planned stuff that you don't have to worry about being in the moment for and all of that. And then there's like super engaged with content that you can create. And this is where a lot of people will do like blank templates that are meant to be screenshotted and then people can circle things. So like you might have a this or that column. And if you're a title nerd, you might do something like, do you prefer a traditional closing or a digital closing? Um, or, you know, I don't know. I can't think of any other great title nerd kind of thing at the at this very moment, but it could be things about if you are somebody that focuses more on commercial real estate, it could be some this or that about commercial real estate. It could be, again, things about your community. There's tons of options out there and people do these kind of forms and you would be surprised at how many like filling this stuff out, especially if you make it relatable to them or to your local community. And the this or that could be something that even if your company doesn't use, it's something you can recommend for the more consumer, direct to consumer person, like a realtor, because of this or that for a realtor is very effective. You know, open house versus no open house, walk-in kitchen versus walk-in pantry. I mean, I don't know, things like that. Kind of comparing, do you want a convertible living room? like with a sofa bed in there, or do you want to just leave your living room completely for family? You may not prefer to use it with your company, but you can certainly find ideas for your customers to use on their social media platforms too. That's a really great idea. And you can do that by, you know, you put up one story that's sort of like a blank page that says, hey, realtors, we've got templates for you to use. So they're unbranded, you know, maybe they're branded for your title company, but they're unbranded to the realtor. And it's some of that that Linda was just saying, and they're blank that then the realtor can screenshot and share on their stories. So there are lots of options there to think about. And stories are a really sort of low key way to start getting used to video and more engaging content in that way. I want to move into some trends here. So trends on video that we should talk about. The biggest one, the one that I get asked about all the time is TikTok. Could we be on TikTok? What is TikTok? A lot of people worry about TikTok because they only know what, you know, their niece or their nephew has done. I hear people all the time saying, well, TikTok is the millennial app. Most of TikTok makes fun of millennials. Uh, I will be on this soapbox probably for the rest of my life, but the industry, I need everybody in real estate to understand that millennials are now into their 40s. They are not the young kids that everybody thinks. There are lots of title companies and real estate companies that likely uh, already have Gen Z working for them, let alone the millennials that have been there and are, are potentially celebrating 10 years at their companies already. TikTok is not a generational tool for just the youngest at heart. It is something that has really taken over and that's because it's super high energy. They are short videos. And again, all of this has an asterisk because now for some influencers on TikTok, Talk, they've just released 10 minute videos. They don't release tools like that if people aren't watching them. So if you're like Linda and just sort of shook your head at this, there are definitely use cases for that where people are spending that much time on this app. Well, I will admit, Wayne, that my first TikTok videos were actually 
explaining a recipe and you can't do that in 120 seconds. You need a minimum of five to seven minutes to go through any sort of explanation, but granted it's recipes and not what I'm trying to sell. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I would highly, I can't think of a topic that you should do a 10 minute video on from your title company. I just can't think of one, but the high energy short style of videos is what people love. That's why it works. Just a tiny bit of background for TikTok so that you understand. Cause I know a lot of people think of TikTok. If you've ever seen people on there, they think of it as, well, I don't, if if we talk about it, they'll say, well, I don't want to do those dances. You don't have to do the dances. TikTok started as a lip syncing app. Yes, exactly. We'll coordinate a, a dance after this, Linda. It'll be the new real estate craze. You don't have to do that stuff, but because it was a lip sync app, the foundation in sort of music and movement is still there in TikTok. And so that's why sounds, not just music, but sounds go viral on TikTok. So it may even be something like something funny that someone says, like there's one of a woman who there was a guy who like did something really weird with his skateboard on the sidewalk. I think that was the original video. And she says the viral famous moment of, oh, he's on X Games mode. If you ever heard of that, it came from a TikTok video many years ago and people use that all the time. So anything that somebody does, I've seen it on funny videos where somebody trips and you hear her audio saying, oh, he's on X Games mode. I've done it with videos of my dog before when he's running around like crazy in the backyard. So that's why those audio moments kind of stick. And that's the kind of stuff that you can use on TikTok for your company. So it doesn't have to be dancing. It doesn't have to be doing that piece of the viral stuff. But if you can figure out how to, you know, maybe it's somebody, you know, you do clips of somebody being really crazy going between closing rooms on a Friday. Ooh, he's in X Games mode. That's a great way to kind of combine what you do in your operation with what's happening with some of these trends. Well, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that dog chasing his tail him or her chasing their tail in the backyard. And that feels like your typical work day. So why not take a video of that dog? And you can also talk over it saying, yep, today's closing was just like this. (laughs) Exactly. Something important to know about TikTok, though, is that for people under 30 years old, TikTok is surpassing Google for daily search results. So people are going to TikTok to search the things that I complained that older generations are using Facebook for instead of Google. TikTok is also being used for that for younger generations. I will host a whole symposium someday on what that means for the future of Google. But for now, I'm not saying that you have to have TikTok or that it should be what you start with, but you definitely shouldn't ignore it. And if this trend stays the same in the next couple of years, it's going to be the one that I tell you you have to be on. So at a minimum, you should be watching and starting to plan for when you make that happen. But that's a different webinar for a different day, different podcast for sure. Other video trends are user-generated videos. Again, like I said before, having people submit photos that you can compile into a video or their own video clips is the easiest way to get video. That way you don't have to do it. How-to videos, especially things like using certain tools on your website, what to expect at closing, closing room walkthroughs, showing your parking lot, all of that stuff that is a barrier to entry for some people there. I mean, parking is a huge deal. It's one of the most popular search results for closings is what's the parking situation. There are people that 
will literally not go certain places if they don't know if they have to parallel park or not, or if they have to pay to park or not, or if they might get locked in a parking garage, or it's insane, the fears around parking. So anything like that, that is how to would be great. And they love behind the scenes stuff too. That's never going to go away. People love, you know, one of the most viral kind of videos on TikTok that seems, I call it behind the scenes, but it would shock you if you're not on there. But if you're on TikTok, you've seen it. And that is those dirty, disgusting cow hooves that they're trimming out in the field. They are so gross. And if you're a farmer, you're used to it. But a lot of times they're infected or there's some kind of problem, which I know you are probably like, why is he talking about this? It's because that's a gross behind the scene kind of thing. And people still watch. That's why that Dr. Pimple Popper woman has a show. They love stuff like that. It doesn't have to be that. I am not saying that, you know, if your coworker next to you trims their nails at work, I don't want to see videos of that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that things as simple as there's one title company in Louisiana that always shares a video of the first cappuccino that they make from their in-office cappuccino machine every day. It's the same every day, but people love it, like it when they don't do it. For some reason, people ask, you know, where's the cappuccino of the day video? That behind the scenes stuff goes a long way that you will find mundane and like who cares kind of content, but people love to see that stuff. Well, let's face it. Whenever there's an auto accident on the side of the road or you see flashing blue lights up ahead, you're going to slow down. And that's why traffic slows down. And there's what's called a gapers delay, because unfortunately, our society we love that stuff. We always like to see people yep. doing things or in situations that we don't want to be in. Yep. It's the same kind of sentiment. At, you know, when I worked in politics before I was in this world, everyone says they hate negative political ads. And yet all of the research shows that they're the most effective. So it's one of those where like, we think that people don't like this or like, you know, surely they're not going to watch this. They will. Another one that's important are viral trends, and I'm going to talk more about that in a second. But, you know, from this summer for this year, Barbie versus Oppenheimer at the movie theater. I can't remember the last time like a movie war happened, but it did this summer. And, you know, that was something that you could figure out how to utilize and tack onto for your company. Interactive videos are good, too. Like I said before, there are ways within stories to have people vote. There are ways to have them do a slider for showing, you know, like their sentiment on the video, that kind of thing. And then there are also silent caption videos. It is crazy to me. There's a stat that it's something like almost half of all videos um, are watched without sound. So if you're worried about the audio piece of what you're doing, don't because a lot of videos are only watched for the captions on the screen. I am the oldest of six kids and the youngest of our group is... 13 years younger than me. And I don't think she ever has her phone off of mute. I mean, it's always watching things in silent. And that's not how I like to do things. But having the captions on your video is super important. And there are a lot of free tools out there to be able to do that. I'm going to share a couple of them at the end here. Yeah, the Weather Channel uses it all the time. Yep. When you're looking at your local on the eights, you don't really care what they're saying. You just want to see very quickly. Is it going to rain today? Is it going to snow? What's the situation? 
The last two trends that I wanted to mention were live streaming. That's not going away. That's still really great. And it's a, for me, I know some people freak out about live streaming. I think it's the easiest way to get started on video. I think a mistake that I'm going to talk about here in a second is that people put too much emphasis on being perfect on their videos. You know, if they're, if they're reading something and they flub a sentence and they'll say, oh, let me start over. Well, if you were on stage or you were teaching a class or having a coffee with somebody and you were in the middle of a sentence and you said, well, I was talking to Flynn the other day. Oh, I meant Tim. Let me start over. You don't like, that's just not, it's a very strange thing that we do with video. It's a strange reaction that most people have that when we're being recorded, all of a sudden we've got to do it again. And that's just not the case. So don't let that stop you from live streaming. Just think ahead. You don't have to live stream forever. I know some people see live streams that have been on for hours and hours. You can live stream for five minutes. You know, think about it. Do something small, a quick update. It could be asking your audience, what do they want to see from future videos from you? I think it's easy because you don't have to worry about editing anything. You don't have to worry about the sequence of whatever you're doing. It can just be a conversation. And when you're doing a live stream, if you want to make sure that there eyes. I know people sort of worry sometimes about, well, am I going to have an audience for it? What if there's only one person on? Good for you. If there's only one person, that's fine. And guess what? If there's no one, you're the only one that knows that. So don't, don't let that stress you out either because your live stream is going to automatically record and you can share it in the future. But if you do want an audience, tell people, we're going to go live at 4 p.m. on this day. We're going to go live at noon. We're going to do a lunch and learn together. Whatever it is, don't worry about that for your live streaming. And then the last one is just platform optimization. This is hard right now because for years and years and years, we would tell everyone to make sure that you held your video horizontal when you're recording. Make sure it's horizontal so it looks good on YouTube and the traditional Facebook model and all of that. And now so much of it is vertical because of what's happening in stories. Now almost everything is vertical. And then you've got the sort of more screwy apps like if you're on if you're posting to your feed in Instagram, it's still a square. So like there's all kinds of things there. Canva is another one that can really help you to make sure that you've got the right sizes for that stuff. There are other paid resources that I'll share here that can help as well. But in general, that's what you need to know. Just make sure that you're posting right. Otherwise, it's going to look a little wonky on some of these different platforms for you. So I talked about trends. I want to make sure that you guys know about Google Trends. That's a really easy one. If you're somebody that when I talked about Barbie and Oppenheimer, if you were like, I don't know what he's talking about, that's fine. Not everyone is trendy. I am certainly not trendy. But we look at Google Trends a lot. There are a lot of different resources that you can use for that. It's simply trends.google.com. And you can type in anything you want. You can type in anything that's happening in the world, anything that's important to you. As an example, I typed in title insurance recently to kind of show what that interest was for people searching. Obviously, Google Trends are Google search trends. Normally that will coincide with what's also happening on social media, but sometimes it might be a little off, but in general, Google trends will show you, you know, who's searching the most for these things. How often are they searching? You can look at in the past day, the past week, month, year, all of that kind of stuff. And then just a, a comparison, you know, as if you look at like something like the title insurance term that I searched versus something that was massively popular like Barbie, all of a sudden you realize, okay, people aren't really searching for our type of content or our industry as much as they are this other stuff. But that the space in between those of where they're searching for our industry or our business and what's happening at a, like a pop culture kind of level is all opportunity. 
the more you can bridge that gap between them is opportunity for you. So you can use that if you want. I just think it's, you can compare trends on that site. And I just think it's helpful to kind of see what's happening in your state and how can you work stuff into, again, it doesn't have to even be pop culture. It can just be uh, stuff that's in the news, stuff that's happening right now to again, try to engage with and better relate to your audience base. In the words of Peter Drucker, management consultant, you cannot manage what you cannot measure. This is certainly true in so many areas of our business, including marketing. This brings us to the end of part one on video marketing success. Don't miss part two that prepares us for creating more videos and being comfortable doing it. If you have questions, comments, or would like us to feature a specific topic, email fnfeducation at fnf.com. Thanks for downloading FNF Unplugged, a presentation of the FNF family of companies. All rights reserved. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or any endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent, including Fidelity National Financial or its directors. Please seek legal or financial advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed in this podcast.